0: G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I wanna ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance oriented hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application packed by emailing me at info at com. And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack.
1: Set milestones for yourself. So um, you're hustling, you're working an 80-hour week, let's say. When does that stop for you, right? Is it a year? Is, when, do you, when are you going to reevaluate? Because the other thing is you may be hustling. You may not be hustling towards your goal things may not be working. So for me, I would say if you're in the hustle and you're working that hard, every six months reevaluate, is this hustle going to get me where I want to go?
0: Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US Podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosen's. You can find this show wherever you podcast, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to ReedGoosen's.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see My Ugly Mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today in the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Monika Sawyer. Monika is a lifestyle-focused real estate investor with an emphasis on helping more women succeed in the real estate industry. Monika has been investing for over 20 years, and she has truly created a life-by-design business where she only spends between 5 to 10 hours a week working on her business and helping inspire other people to be more successful in real estate. She's also the best-selling author of the book, Choose Bliss, The Power and Practice of Joy and Contentment which was recently honored at the very prestigious Women of Impact Quill Award. I'm really pumped and excited to have her on the show today to share her incredible experience and her insight and knowledge. But enough out of me. Let's get her out here. G'day, Monika. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. And, Reed, I just have to say one correction. What? It's five to ten hours a month.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Even so- <laughs>
1: It's worth mentioning. No, sure. Yeah. I,
0: I, I must have skim read that part because I said, oh, five to 10 hours a week. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll put it in well, there. Well,
1: that's what people assume. And that's why I like to point it out. And like what that just amazing what's possible. We can do right. five to 10 hours a week. We could also do five to 10 hours a month. Yes. What's good for you, exactly. right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> but we'll get more into that in a little bit. But just let's rewind the clock and tell us. And I'm not going to ask how you made your first ever dollar, but tell us about a bit more of your upbringing and how you value a dollar uh, through your childhood? Because there's a really important step to, to start with in order to craft the, the story around where you, what you've created today.
1: Mm-hmm. So my story actually begins with my parents. My parents, like you, were immigrants. They came to the country with $200 in their pocket and a dream of building a life for, that was amazing for their children, right? And they had heard that um, the golden ticket to wealth in the United States was to invest in real estate. So they immediately, when they got here, started saving their nickels and dimes. My mom's actually an MD, but she couldn't work as a a doctor here. So she would do things like she would sew the curtains for her house or sew the pillows for her um, sofa so she could save all those nickels and dimes, but still have this beautiful home that she would expect for herself as a doctor, right? Um, And then I was born, and then with their hearts filled with love and joy and excitement for this new child, they invested in their very first. Um, real estate investment project. It was actually land. Um, Anyway, so they stayed focused on that their whole life. And fast forward then 15 years and they paid for my college education through real estate. So I grew up watching that whole thing, right? Like, um, it was a topic of conversation. This is an interesting thing that happens in Indian families, not all Indian families, but many. We do have a very open conversation about money. And so I got to hear about the stresses that my parents were going through, whether my mom needed to go through residency again to actually be able to practice here, my dad being discriminated in at work. Um, we came at a time, they came here in 1967. So um and we lived in Ohio, so it was a very white community, and, um, and people were still very kind. They still had great jobs, but there were also people that were not kind, right, um, and discriminated against them, so I heard all of this stuff, and one of the things that really Im- they impressed upon me was that it was really important to me to be able to make money myself, not be dependent on anybody else, which is an interesting dichotomy because Indian women, they wanted me to have an arranged marriage. A man was supposed to be able to take care of me, but then on the other side, I needed to be fully independent. Whatever. Talk about mixed messages. (laughs) 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 So what was interesting, we're talking about mixed messages, right? So my mom and dad would not let me work. I was a girl. I needed to study. I needed to go to college and I needed to get married. But I also needed to be a professional so I could support my husband to make a lot of money. Okay, so as I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to work. I wanted to, I would like read Entrepreneur Magazine and I wanted, do you remember this? I don't know if anybody remembers the old Entrepreneur Magazine where they had all these binders of businesses you could start. No. You could pay like, no, you could pay $99 and you would get this this business startup pack for anything, you know, wedding planner, banker, you know, there's all these things, right? And I would like buy them, I was so hungry. But I wasn't allowed to work. I wasn't allowed to go out there. So my very first job was at Jack in the Box when I was 17. And I begged. And I literally, I felt like I was dating. Because that was another thing I was not allowed to do. I was going to have an arranged marriage. So I felt like I would, like, sneak out so I could go work. It was so naughty. <laughs> but I knew that I wanted, I I had developed an appreciation for money. Dad had started to talk to me about real estate when I was very young. When I um, got my very first allowance, which was very little, even in those days, um, he taught me about budgeting. I opened a checking account, started writing checks. So he taught, I was very fortunate that way. He taught me a lot about the practicality of money and and the role that it plays in our life.
0: It's That's a really... And thank you for for being vulnerable and honest. You've actually—that's probably the, the most intriguing, you know, dollar story I've heard. Like people, so many people, <laughs> I, I get so many people on the show. I've mowed, mowed lawns. Like that's—I uh, don't say mowed lawn. Like say something better. Like that—you've actually had the, <laughs> the the opposite, right? Of having to try and fit in as a kid, and probably see your other other friends out working at you know McDonald's or wherever it is, and you—they had it, money and, to buy
1: dresses. And they had money
0: to buy dresses and go out on the yeah. weekends and be a teenagers and. And or, and yet you had the other traditional side of your your, your upbringing, your heritage, is, is which is really important, and not to not to poo poo that, but it's just like what your values that your your parents wanted to instill in you, and and it seems very it's 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 you know top, uh, very humorous that your parents were like you got to make money and let, sit on your land on your own two feet, but you can't. But we want to give you an arranged marriage, which is so interesting. How how did you? What was the conversations around the dinner table like when you wanted to break away being that first generation? You know, Im- American and break away from the norms that probably your parents were brought up with back in India.
1: You know, it was really hard. I am, abs- I will just preface this by saying I am absolutely crazy about my parents. They are the two most beautiful people on the planet. I am so fortunate to have had them guiding me through my journey in life. But Growing up was really hard. It was really hard in our environment um, because we were always in very, you know, quote unquote, and I hope this doesn't sound offensive, but I'm not white and we grew up in very white um, areas because of my parents' jobs. So out in the world, it was tough for me. And then at home, that was my sanctuary and my parents were so scared. They, you know, used to watch like General Hospital, you know, like they would, they saw all the drama on television and Because they hadn't grown up in this country, they were scared that horrible things were going to happen to their girls. And so they held on so tight and were so protective. So I, very young, became very secretive, like like I would have to sneak out to go do my job, right? Well, I snuck out for everything, right? And I just didn't talk to them about anything because I was afraid that they would be so afraid that then they would like, Hold me up in our tower of safety in our home and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go out with friends. I couldn't work. I couldn't go, you know, I was in all honors classes and my honors classes started at seven o'clock in the morning. And my mom and dad were afraid to let me go to honors classes because who goes to school at seven o'clock in the morning? Well, I did. I wanted to get into a good university. So you can kind of see like this kind of misunderstanding of what life is like. So me trying to pull away so Indians do this too. And a lot of cultures do this. We yelling and screaming like top of our lungs. I love you, but you are so wrong. (laughs) It's it's um, called dysfunctional. (laughs) Actually, I don't think it was dysfunctional. It was truly authentic and honest um, because we really got to the bottom of stuff and there was never a dearth of love for us. No matter how angry we got, we were a unit and we loved each other like crazy. Um, and we always had that as, as children growing up. Even today, um, I'm going to start crying, but <laughs> even today, I never, ever feel that there is a moment that there is not unconditional love in my life. That's, so, And that's because of them.
0: That's awesome. So, and that's such a – I will also reflect back to you a little bit that I came from a very similar family, not necessarily from a um, – uh, traditional you know we did in australia so it was you know, just aussies being aussies but that sort of whole um unconditional love and 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 bringing in i don't even remember bringing my wife to meet my, my and she comes from a broken family and how just too intense it can be sometimes you know just it can like, be so intense, and, and then yeah. she's like this sort of outside like i didn't have this growing up like you're very very lucky and one of few, many, you know, not many people have this. And so I was, you know, Sam's very similar to yourself, that there was that unconditional love for, and everything that they that they thought came from a position of love, right? And they said, well, I want to protect the girls and I, they can't do this, why, that, and that, and that. But it probably made you very cheeky in terms of going out and escaping and having to do things on your own way so in order to feel like you had a life, right?
1: Well, I'm very, very independent, <laughs> um, but... It was also interesting. Interesting. So I went to UC Berkeley and um, I had a lot of my girlfriends, my other Indian girlfriends who had had a similar experience. They went to UC Berkeley and we were all like, yay, we get to hang out at school. And what was funny is that I went out there and it was like, I'm here to learn. Like I wanted to start a business my entire life. I'm going to go to business school. And for UC Berkeley, you have to reapply for business school. So I was like, head down. I'm going to make this happen. My life is my life. I'm in control. I don't have to sneak around to work or to study. Like I was so excited. All my friends got into drugs and alcohol because they their release was, and not in a bad way. They were all still really smart, right? It's just college kids being college kids, whatever. Um, but they were all into the party. And, and it was all my friendships fell apart. All my old childhood friendships fell apart because my version of freedom was creating the life of my dreams and their version of freedom was trying everything possible under the sun. Very different perspective, right? So when I went out there, I mean, I'm tenacious. I can be crazy. Um, but it was all very, very focused on there is a life that I want and I'm going to go get it. It's, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, I just want to that's that's awesome because so many people do and, and myself included when that freedom does come when you go to university you do tend to like rip the lid off a little bit in terms it's of It's true and, most and, of the and, time. And that's not a necessarily a bad thing because you then no. test your boundaries, right? And you mm-hmm. test where you need to pull your socks up and okay, you are stuffed up on your party a little bit too hard over here. Well, okay, now you need to pull your socks up because your grades are failing. So, I, I can definitely you know sympathize with also your friends but also your side in terms of having that freedom, understanding wow there's a lot so much more control over my life, and even for me. Um, When I went to school, high school with the deputy principal's son, right? So I was very, I was very, you know, goody two shoes, not doing anything when I was a teenager, when going to university started like, oh my God, girls and alcohol, holy crap. Right. Right? And then, but then realizing like, but I'm still very studious and my grades were failing or not failing, but suffering because I was, and so you had to make that choice in life. And that's really interesting when you are at university back to, you know, your story of the the girlfriends from Ohio, um, going to UC Berkeley, and then having different perspectives, and that you do eventually drift away because of different priorities in life. And that's okay. That's the point of going to university, right? The point of figuring yourself out is, is, is for all these things to happen. Um, but, it, I, but, it, I, but I love that story.
1: It's really funny because sometimes I think, wow, I kind of robbed myself of all that fun. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I was so focused, you know, on what I wanted and I didn't like slow down. And, like, notice if there was fun out there, I right. could go party. I could have it all. It didn't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, and so, like, as I've gotten older, I've relaxed quite a lot. I'm not quite that, like, focused and crazy.
0: <laughs> well, but, but it, it, it's a good segue into the bliss. You know, why, what is bliss, right? And I think part of what I'm hearing from you at a young age is what you thought you had to do in order to be successful, right? And a lot of mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that I interview on this show do get the blinkers on and are just crazy, 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 crazy. Um, and they take priorities, certain priorities, that is like I'm talking business, over health or life or love. Um, and things start to wane and they figure and they they realize that they actually don't have a life. And the purpose of all what we do, whether it be at university or in creating something from nothing in businesses, is that is to enjoy the journey because it's not a ultimately... The mountaintop we scale to it's it's you only live one life enjoy it now and we have this well, we have this social media anxiety of like we've always got to be comparing ourselves and always got to have something more to do and so I think you know I'm sorry to hijack the conversation but it was it's such a interesting bliss that I want to talk about with you because I know you've got a lot to give on that piece so over well, to you, you
1: <laughs> yeah no it's your show you didn't hijack and uh, but what I was wanting to like jump in and say yes 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 exactly <laughs> You know, we only get to the mountaintop for a little while, and then we look around, and we got to go back down. If you don't enjoy the journey, then all you get is that 10 minutes on the mountain, right? And then you're climbing another mountain. So bliss is a deep sense of joy and contentment and that confidence that no matter what happens in life, you can handle it. So it's really about emotional mastery and emotional resilience. So that's how I'm defining bliss. And, um, my journey or my passion is to help real estate investors, women, business owners, people just in general (laughs) to, to, like you say, enjoy that journey because let me tell you a story. I went to your, your story is perfect, but I'm going to tell you another one, um, (laughs) <laughs> I was in Iceland um, and we had, we wanted to go see a glacier. It was a four, two, two and a half hour drive. And so we decided to do it. We're driving along. Now there's two ways that we can approach this. We can drive as fast as possible and make the two and a half hour drive two hours, right? Or we can drive below the speed limit. We're on vacation. Yay. Everybody was like, really? But anyway, we're driving, Right. And we're looking around and enjoying the scenery and the the terrain and the way that it changes. And here it's plants and and waterfalls, and here it's lava, and getting out and taking pictures and stopping for lunch. Now, the experience of going to that glacier was, was completely different by doing it that way, right? So we had this beautiful journey that ended up taking us three hours. We got to the glacier. We hung out there for two hours. It was gorgeous and so worth the journey. And then we drove back and we enjoyed the drive back too. And then we went to dinner. Like our next goal was to find the hotel and go to dinner. But that's kind of um, a good metaphor for life. Are you looking around? Are you having good meals? Is it okay that you take a little bit longer so that you can really enjoy that journey? Because when you get to that goal, as fantastic as it is, being at that goal only lasts for a little while, and then there's another journey to another goal. So do you want to live your life jumping to 10 minutes of bliss, 10 minutes of bliss, and 10 minutes of bliss, or do you want to enjoy the entire journey so you can enjoy all of it? And that's really what I want people to get is whether it's in real estate, whether it's with your families, whether, you know, people are like, I can't wait till my kids go to kindergarten. Don't wish away those moments that you're going to miss so much when they're gone. You know, like- don't wish away your life. Mm, yep. Enjoy every single moment of it. I
0: I can't agree with you more. I, I want to ask, have you has there been any losses in your life to understand that mind shift mind shift set? Mindset <laughs> mindset <laughs> shift. <laughs> so you do slow down because you clearly are the person who is hungry. Right, who is mm-hmm. wants to hustle, who wants to who wants to prove to their parents that they can go up and do it and stand on their own two feet? Has anything happened in your life, and you, you can you can say no, just you know getting older and all that sort of stuff. But mm. but because I know personally, I lost my mum two years ago, and I I've got a story for you that I I wish I was at the life I live today, two and a half years ago, three years ago, so I could spend more time with her. I live in in America, obviously, and she's in Australia, and she I got to home three days before she passed. Mm-hmm. And it really, I did a whole, I did a whole um, episode on priorities versus goals and how that we can sometimes shift them. And so I'm wondering for you, was there anything that shifted along your journey in the way that made you realize, hey, this is not a sprint. This is, let's take the long journey. Let's do lunch. Let's enjoy the scenic route.
1: Yeah. There wasn't, so I have been very fortunate. I have not experienced loss yet. Um, we all do. And I know that it's coming. Um, And for me, like I mentioned before, I'm I'm like madly in love with my parents, so I want lots of time with them, and with my sisters, and with my nephew. And you know, we're a very family oriented family. (laughs) And so, um, so I do. I that's been ingrained in me. But I will say that. The hustle really stopped. It didn't stop. It transformed when I was in a horrible car accident. I lost my legs. So I was a professional dancer. That was the one thing I was allowed to do. Um, since I was five, five, since I was five years old, I was dancing. So I, I had a world reputation. I had danced all over the world. Um, and then when I was 21, I was in a horrible car accident. That was not my fault. Someone hit me, and my hips got dislocated. My th- my back got thrown out, and I became a cripple for a couple of years. I was, I should have been a chair. That's another story. But I went through a huge depression through that time because everything about my life suddenly shifted. My new job, I had just gotten out of college. My new job was now disappeared. My fiance left me because I wasn't the same person anymore. Um, I was a dancer dancing six hours a day. Now I had no exercise. That alone can cause a huge, you know, the chemistry in your body changes so fast. I gained so much weight, which aggravated a lot of the problems. So I went through this really horrible time. And fortunately, somehow I ended up getting married. My husband is a dream guy. Um, But even marriage didn't fix it, even having the money taken care of. And this is one of the things that we do as people is when things go wrong, we think if I have the love of my life, everything will be better. They'll take care of it. They'll save me, right? Whether it's a man or a woman. And of course I had that mentality from my my upbringing. So I got married to this beautiful man, but he didn't fix it. He couldn't. Nobody can fix your life. Only you can fix your life. And I remember I had a moment um, I had gone through a huge depression. The pain wasn't going away physically. My legs still weren't working quite right. It had been five or six years. My marriage wasn't fixing all the problems. And um, I remember one day I was laying in bed. I had been in bed for a week. I'd been really depressed. I was sleep. I had been sleeping. I was in bed. And I heard my mom's voice in my head, and she's Monica get out of bed and go get some air. You'll feel better. And, you know, I had the covers over my head, so I, like, pushed them off my head and swung my legs around to get out of bed to go for a walk. And as I tried to stand on my legs, I fell to the ground because they were so weak they couldn't hold me. And in that moment, I thought, I can't do this anymore. And I prayed. And I said to God, you know, either have mercy on me and bring me home or teach me how to live, and um, a girlfriend called about an hour later, who I hadn't heard about heard from from years for years. She turned me onto a coach, and this coach taught me how to live. And it was his very first thing that he talked to me about, and I do this in all of my coursework: is what are your values, and you design your life not based on anybody's expectations, not even your own. Because your own have often been given to you. (laughs) Create a life based on those values and what's really, really important to you. And for me, what was really important to me was my relationships. So no matter how much I wanted to hustle, how important a business was to me, my highest value was my relationships. And so that's what slowed me down. And made me realize I can't spend 80 hours a week. Mm. I have the capacity, but I can't do it because yep. my life feels bad, <clears throat> right?
0: Well, question for you. What do you say to those people who are in the hustle right now? They're trying to make ends meet. They are putting one foot in front of the other. They're in, They're in the grind right now because for you and I both, we've both been in that grind. We've both been mm-hmm. in that. 80, 90, 100 hour weeks working a W 2 job, trying to get, for me personally, working a W 2 job, trying to get out and, and, and become financially free and visa situations and all that sort of stuff. What do you say to those people that are in that right now and how do you give them, you know, how do you give confidence that it's going to be okay?
1: So the very first thing that I will talk to them is what is their values? Like, why are they doing that hustle? What's the actual goal? What are, your, what are the values that you're trying to satisfy? And then what's the goal that you're trying to get to? Why the hustle, right? Um, and find ways to make that hustle livable. Um, because, because for some, some of us it's necessary. It was necessary for me, right? It was necessary for you. Um, so find ways to make that livable so that you don't burn out because you don't want to get to the other side either and be completely burnt out. Right. And set, set milestones for yourself. So, um, you're hustling, you're working an 80 hour week. Let's say, when does that stop for you? right? Is it a year? When when are you going to reevaluate? Because the other thing is you may be hustling. You may not be hustling towards your goal. Things may not be working. So for me, I would say if you're in the hustle and you're working that hard, every six months reevaluate, is this hustle going to get me where I want to go? So that you can pivot if you need to, or you can refocus if you need to, right? Keep going but you want to just keep reevaluating and then get to that place where it doesn't become a habit because hustling is, it is so um, adrenaline filled. It can be so exciting on so many levels. It can become a habit and a distraction to what's really, what you really want in your life. So those are the sorts of things I would tell them.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's, it's so important to keep, a level mindset in terms of running your own race because so many people compare themselves to other people and back to your analogy of going up to that um, in Iceland going up to that glacier uh, taking the long journey and that's your journey and that's okay that it's your journey and it comes a lot from being self-aware in my opinion that you have to be you have to have taken care of yourself mentally in order to allow yourself the mental freedom to not compare yourself constantly to other people, right? Because that is what we're, we're always in this constant struggle of like, well, so-and-so is doing this and I'm in my job and I haven't broken free and I haven't got financially free. Well, that's okay uh, that you're in that that that's a position. Give yourself some permission that to allow yourself to be okay in that situation right now. It will change. You know that you it will change over time. And I think people forget that because they're just so – you are only looking at the sort of a, a four-inch by four-inch box. They're not looking at the big picture. And sometimes you do have to take that. Every, you just said every six months to make sure that you're re, you know, you're checking in, you're recalibrating if need be, and understanding that this needs to be sustainable growth in a in a, in a hustle, not necessarily a burning out type of growth. So, exactly. so, so really, really important.
1: My little sister said something. Um, My youngest sister just had a little boy. He's the dream of everybody in the family. He's adorable. And um, his mom said something about um, his eye was a little bit off. And they got it fixed or whatever. And my other sister says, you know, everybody should just realize that he's perfect just the way he is as long as we don't compare to other people. And it's true. That was so profound. We're all in our perfect place. then we are perfect. As long as we don't succumb to comparing ourselves to others, our life is ours, right? And you may not feel perfect. You may not feel like everything is going perfect, but really trust that you are perfectly where you are and that you will get to where you want to go. And it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Yep. really doesn't.
0: I I completely agree with that. And it's, there um, there's a quote. And I, I'm going to stuff up. I don't know. I forgot the. I'm going to stuff up the quote, but I definitely don't know who the author was. But it talks about how um, you know Australia and you know, LA is three hours behind New York, but yet 18 hours in front of you know. So, so three hours in front of Hawaii, and you know it's it's not that Hawaii's late or LA's or New York's early. It's it's their own time, right? And you're not late. You're not early. You're just on time. And because oh, you're running, your, you're running your own race, and it sort of compares to the time in in the world, and it's it's so true, right? And it's just having to be okay that yes, everyone else, you are not late, you're not early, you're on time, and it's your time and it's your journey, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So but tell me a little bit more about what you do in terms of how you're giving back to the wider community. I've got, you've got a great book that's just got an incredible award. You've got your podcast going on and you've also got your real estate investment business. So talk about those three facets of, of what makes you tick now in today's world.
1: Yeah, so I have a real, um, a real estate podcast called Real Estate Investing for Women um, where we focus on mindset, heart set, emotional mastery, money smarts, and of course, real estate strategy. So um, it's a very holistic approach to creating a blissful real estate business and creating wealth that way. So that's my big focus right now. So I invest in executive properties. Um, if anybody ever wanted to know what that is, come listen to my podcast. Um, I have very, uh, very... Um, streamlined strategies on how to keep everything blissful. Um, so I have that going on. Um, and then one of the big bliss things for me is I give back to the community in teaching right through my podcast. I also am very involved in a school for the poor in India. So that's where a lot of my money goes. And this is one of the things that we think about, like, why are we building wealth? right? What does it allow us to do? For me, it gives me the time freedom and the financial freedom to do things, as you say, in the bigger world. I can run my podcast. Um, I can help children in India. I can spend more time with my family and my new nephew, right? Um, Or my friends, right? So those are the sorts of things that I'm doing. Um, But my real estate investing business could retire me today, so I have the time freedom that I have always wanted. Um, And so now my way to give back is to really um, the podcast is my big thing. I do have a couple of other books. So if you look up Monica Sawyer on Amazon, you'll find several books under my name. I just released another one called Real Estate Investing for Women. Um, and I have a really fun one that's called Your Amazing Itty Bitty Blissful Real Estate Investing Book. <laughs> it's 40 pages, um, but that's also available on Amazon. So those were my three big things. And actually, I, um, so I built my real estate business in about 25 years. And so I put together a report of how did I do that so that I could retire, right? I started with $10,000 and now I can retire. So I put together that report that's available to your audience for free if they would like it at blissfulinvestor.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what, and you're at the coalface, right? You've got a whole brand in and around educating women. Why is there a lack of women in the real estate i you know space you know I, I, I having you on the show in the green room before we press record, I was even looking back at my shows i 've only had maybe less than a dozen women over two hundred and twenty episodes on the show um, Why is that
1: i don 't know <laughs> <laughs> it 's interesting because real estate agents there 's hmm. a ton of women right, but as far as like being investors. I don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we haven't been educated right. I'm not sure what's going on there. And it's so frustrating to me, which is why I really am focused on women. The other thing that's very interesting is that we see investing as a very male world. And it can be very intimidating. And what I think people, women don't realize is that we are brought up in America Um, we're brought up in a very male-dominant world, right? So we are forced to learn how to succeed in that environment. We learn the skills. We learn the way to think. We learn all of those sort of male-dominant ways of doing business. We also inherently, by default, have the feminine ways of doing business. We're intuitive. We can see the bigger picture. We can multitask. Men can multitask too. It's just done differently, right? (laughs) Exactly. So I just want to clarify that. (laughs) So, we bring different skills to to the world and to the business world. So, we as women, we have the benefit of having the male skills as well as the women's female skills, but we don't value our female skills. But if you marry those two together, we're amazing investors. We have an understanding that most men don't have access to unless they plug in to the other side, right? So, we're amazing investors and I want to support that. And I have a really hard time finding women speakers for my podcast for that same reason, right? But I think it's time. I think it's time for us to le- step into the leadership of our own lives and create the financial freedom that we can have and we deserve. Everybody deserves it, right? So, but yeah, I don't know either, like, because I was brought up in a ho- household where I was taught all about money. I feel very fortunate. I didn't realize that how many women are sort of like, I I don't really get it and I, I don't really know how to pursue that. And a lot of the education is by men with the, the languaging that feels uncomfortable. No, does I, that make sense? Yeah, no,
0: it does make sense. And I think just from historically where the man has gone out to be the the breadwinner and the mm-hmm. the female is at home taking care of the kids and, you know, oh, don't you worry yourself with, with the finances, I've got it sorted, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that's completely shifting in the last 10, 15 years, and hopefully continue to shift, um, where you're doing, you, you're, you're trying to put a megaphone up to the issue, right, and enticing more people into the world of real estate, particularly the female um, popular part of the population. And I think it's really important, right, because it's 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 empowering. The more people can be empowered to learn about something, particularly where we'll talk about the the female part of the population has not had the maybe the opportunities because of the way we've been brought up in the last fifty years. To want to make take that stand and say, yeah, I want to learn about something. I want to learn about this financial freedom. I want to learn about um, creating financial wealth for myself and my family because that's the whole point of to, to give me time, freedom to spend with my kids, to spend with my family, to grow as a human being. And, mm-hmm. and you talk about the feminine energy and that, that is so important and we all have it in ourselves. It's just an ability to tap into it in certain ways. So. I think you do an incredible job of, of giving a megaphone. And however I can help, even though I'm a male, I can't really help. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes, you can, actually.
1: Because the men, you know what? This is the thing. So the school that I support in India, it's a, it's a co-ed school. Because here's the thing. Empowering women. If a woman is fighting and screaming, pay attention, respect me, people are going to hear. But you people don't learn by words. We need the support of our entire community, and that means our men, right? If men are not going to support the empowerment of women, it's going to be a huge long journey. But as the men come on board, now we all are lifted up together. And so every single one of you that is willing to be a voice as an ally of women's empowerment, we need you and we appreciate you. And of course, you know, like your voice is really important too, right?
0: No, no, it it is. It is. And I think it's you know, there's some weird statistics out there that, like the top, the S and P 500. I think uh, there's only like less than 15 women uh, are CEOs. Yet there's more than 25 of those CEOs are called Dave. You know what I mean? Like there's some weird statistics <laughs> out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like funny. Um, there's some stupidly weird statistics. No, I, I agree. I think it, it takes it takes all boats to rise, right? Like everyone needs to be pulling in the right direction, not just. Mm. Uh, the the female community saying we want to do this it's it's about the, also the other side of the coin the male community saying yes and acknowledging and being and, and telling that community that you we're seeing and hearing you and that yes you do have a you have a place at the table and you should always have a place at the table so
1: well and we all value that right like you the men are greatly improved and evolved by recognizing that also right mm. so um, like I say my husband is an, an incredible beautiful being and so much of that is just he really values Me, so he's not just an incredible, beautiful being to me. He's respected everywhere because he has a really good understanding of what respect looks like for everybody. Right?
0: Right. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of the show. One question before we dive into the top five investing tips is: What what do you got planned for twenty twenty and beyond, both uh, business and personally?
1: Yeah, so I've got a summit coming up. I actually don't know when this is going to release, but I've got a summit coming up in a couple of weeks, um, March 14th and 15th. It's my very first summit. It's online, virtually. Um, I was originally going to have it live in person, and then I felt very limited by that. I want to be able to reach as many people as possible, and so making it virtual allowed me to do that. So I've got that going on. Um, I'm probably going to release a new book just because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love being an author, um, but look me up as going Nika Sawyer on Amazon to see what happens there. Everything, you know, life is a surprise, right? I love the, the new surprises that I'm inspired to do. Um, and honestly, I want to invest in one more property. My goal is to be able to retire in the Silicon Valley within the next couple of years so right now I could retire I would have to move um, I want to be able to retire here so my husband can continue to be supported in working because he loves being a software programmer and this is where the work is um, so I'm going to be buying a couple more properties probably changing my strategy from an equity strategy to a cash flow strategy so those are some of the new things that I'm learning about and growing in and really excited about. Awesome,
0: awesome. well I'm excited to uh, check in on the progress in maybe a couple of months time but uh- uh, at the end of every show, we like to dive into the top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? I am. What is the daily habit that you practice to keep on track towards your goals?
1: I have a really good morning routine.
0: Okay. What is it? And
1: anytime I miss it, um, I I feel out of sorts. And it's super, super simple. Um, I can actually go through it in, in a yeah, couple of minutes. Do you please, want me to yeah, do it? Go. So I wake up and my alarm goes off and I push snooze, right? Everybody says, don't push snooze. I always push snooze. And that time between my two snoozes is, is when I do my gratitude practice. Um, and I have a very specific way that I do that. But anyways, I do my gratitude practice, get out of bed, get dressed, feed the dog. My husband and I go for a beautiful walk together with the dog, um, have some coffee together. We make some eye contact before we split up between our day for our days then I come home and I do some, um, it's not affirmations, but I have all the like mindset sort of tools. It depends on what I'm into. So that day, maybe I read, maybe I watch a video on YouTube. Maybe I um, recite something that I've, you know, whatever. So I do some sort of positive affirmation, something, and then I sit down at my desk at 10 o'clock.
0: Awesome. Love it.
1: So I get my exercise, my meditation, my affirmations, my gl- uh, gratitude. I get it all.
0: <laughs> all all before 10 a.m. I think that's really important. It's so it's so important to keep that morning ritual sacred for yourself, right? Because it helps you start the day and gets involved into the next eight or nine or 10 hours, however long you work for. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, question number two is what or who is the most influential person in your career to date? Say my dad. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be, I thought your parents would be quite yeah. influential. In your, in your business, there would have to be an influential tool. And when I say tool, it could be a software or it could be a physical tool like a phone or a person. What is the most influential tool in your business on a day-to-day basis? Books. Books. You reading or you writing?
1: Um, I would say me reading. So I would say my Kindle. Yep. Um, I'm always reading something. So that's not necessarily part of my, my morning routine, but like at lunchtime, I can't help it. I just love to read. So at like some point during the day, I will read something that, help, that moves me forward right. to you know, what it is that I'm doing tomorrow, what I'm, I am doing in my business. So I would say my Kindle, mm-hmm. let's say specifically. That's
0: awesome. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Uh, in one sentence, what has been the biggest failure in your career to date? And what did you learn from that failure?
1: Wow, that is a great question. Um, I bought this place that I live in right now, my dream home. Sorry, this is not one sentence. Um, So I bought it in 2008. And within six months, it lost 50% of its value. So I lost $500,000 in six months. And what I learned is it's so important to stay blissful because my whole life would have blown up. And if I didn't have the skills that I had, um, I would never be where I am today. But instead, I, I engaged my bliss strategies, held onto the property, kept my head, and um, it turned around, turned into a really, really, really good thing. But the truth is, stay blissful, manage your emotions, you know be resilient, have mastery, stay blissful. Mm.
0: Not be reactive in
1: the moment. Not be reactive. Yes. Be very intentional yes. about how you're living your life. And when things go wrong, be intentional about how you solve those issues. Love
0: it. It's, yeah, it's, it's deep. I love it. It's good. Last Thanks. question, Monika, is where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. They want to learn a little bit more about what you do. Where do they go?
1: So Monika Sawyer is where you find me everywhere. So Monika, M-O-N-E-E-K-A Sawyer, S-A-W-Y-E-R on Facebook. On Instagram, Um, you can go to blissfulinvestor.com to find out about my books, my programs, and my podcast. And the podcast is called Real Estate Investing for Women. You can find that anywhere podcasts are.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for jumping on today's show. I want to just reflect a little bit of the things that I took away from today's show. And I think the number one thing that I took away from today's show is that no one can fix your life, only you can. And that's so important in this world of we want to blame other people for the, the situation we're in and not taking control and not owning up to, you know, I'm going to swear, your shit and making and, and, and turning it around and, and blaming your parents or blaming your upbringing or blaming your husband or blaming the dog. Um, and we all get into that, you know, in, in that mindset, but it's also making sure that you're self aware enough to take yourself out of it have your morning rituals that you, you have um, to keep you grounded and making sure you are in a blissful state to, to not be so reactive in the situation and more understand what the long-term game is. Um, did, I, did I leave anything out?
1: Oh, no, that was beautiful. Thank you for that summary. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up very, very soon.
1: Sounds great. Thank you. Well,
0: there you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from Monica Sawyer. Um, please make sure you check out all her stuff. She's all over Facebook. She's all over Instagram. I think she's on Instagram. She's all over the Google webs uh, in terms of making all her books on Amazon. And make sure you head over to blissfulinvestor.com or check out her real estate investing podcast for women on anywhere you podcast. I want to thank you all for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show, and we'll do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave. Remember, go good luck.